Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. taught me the power of prayer, which is something that I will always be grateful for. 
High school has its ups and downs, but with God's grace and favor in my life, I made it. The scariest part of graduating high school is the change. For the last 13 years, I've had a set routine. It's weird to think that once I walked across that field last Friday night, I will never have that set routine again. Although the unknown of the future is scary, I find comfort in knowing the holder of my future. Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and future. Psalm 16 and 8 says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. I, might, I may not have everything planned out, but I do know that if I always put him first, then I will be okay. Thank you. This evening, we are, are intentionally pausing to recognize the accomplishments of, uh, of Destiny, and I, but I want you to also understand that the things that I feel like that the Lord has given me to say, while they are intended to be directed to you and for you, I think we can find them applicable to all of us. And so I, I think the Lord has... Uh, given us a wonderful body that we call family and, and um, it's very, very easy to take family for granted, unfortunately, but it's true. And in those times that we find ourselves running ashore or something falling apart in our lives, and we realize that stable force in, in all of our lives, or at least in most of our lives, that love us through those tough and difficult times. And we understand then and only then the real value of what it is to have family, whether that's biological or spiritual. I'm thankful for the church. And I understand that we can say those kind of things and that can come off so cliche, thankful for the church. Well, who wouldn't be? But when you have really been at the end of life's rope and you've just needed someone to be there for you and God had that person and sometimes gift-wrapped in the most unlikely source. I have found words of encouragement and the strength and guidance that I've needed coming to me sometimes not packaged exactly like I thought it would. Maybe it was someone that you didn't even realize that perhaps your life was on their radar. And now of the blue they would send a card or make a call or contact you in some form or fashion. And so I'm thankful for the church and all of her ills and everything that's wrong with the church. And I'll be more specific. And everything that's wrong with this church, I'm thankful for the church. Yes. Amen. We're not perfect by any means. The, the good news of that is that we've never claimed to be. But I'm thankful that God has used us in all of our imperfections to become a stabilizing force for the lives of others. And their lives have been a stabilizing force for us. And so this evening, we intentionally pause to recognize, I think, a significant accomplishment. I think it's important that we acknowledge thresholds in life. I, th I think it's, uh, the Bible says that we should give honor to whom honor is due, and we should recognize certain things. But when we think about the age that we live in and the current winds of our society, when you contrast someone graduating from high school against 
some pretty staggering statistics that are glaringly obvious in our nation today, I think it gives even more reason to just say, God bless you, and to acknowledge, and to congratulate someone. For instance, every year in America, over 1.2 million students drop out of high school. In the United States alone, 1.2 million. That's 7,000 students a day that drop out of high school. About 25% of high school freshmen fail to graduate from high school on time. A high school dropout will earn two, up, upwards of $200,000 less than a high school graduate over its lifetime and almost a million dollars less than a college graduate. Almost 2,000 high schools across the United States graduate less than 60% of their students. In the United States alone, high school dropouts commit right at 75% of the crimes that are committed in America. And so for us to pause tonight is in order. It is in order. And so it's not an arbitrary thing that brings us to this evening. And so I want to say as your pastor, I want to let you know that we are proud of you and I think I can speak on behalf of all of us. We are very proud of you, not just for graduating high school, although that's the center of tonight's subject, but we are very proud of you. The journey of academia isn't always an easy one. It's filled with days that are exciting, and it's also filled with days that are filled with anxiety and frustration. Some days it makes perfect sense to want to further your education and make something of yourself. Someone's probably mentioned that to you along the way in life's journey. While other days the mountain just seems like it's simply too high to conquer. However, you did conquer it, and that's why we're here this evening. We understand that your journey of formal education didn't end last Friday night. You're continuing on, and we're here to support you in that endeavor as well. Winston Churchill was once quoted as saying, Personally, I'm always ready to learn, although I do not always like to be taught. <laughs> it's the teaching portion of life that always seems to be the tedious part. It's the teaching part of the journey that seemingly filled with unending miles of mundane. And I've said this dozens of times through the years. You stop any, any student on any given day of any age and ask them what they learned today, and they'll say, nothing. And so unless they dissected frogs that day or you know, did something way off the radar that really got their attention, the end result of that is going to be nothing because it's just unending miles of mundane study. And we feel as though we're gaining nothing, but obviously year by year we're adding just another rock in the foundation of our lives, and we really are becoming something. We really are learning and gaining. At times we wonder if it's worth the effort, but I can say that it truly is. It truly is. Because your education, your personal education, is not only going to make a difference to those around you, but your education is all going to, also going to raise the bar for your own family and for their future. Because we do set the trajectory of those around us and influence the trajectory of those around us. Years ago, I read a quote that, that simply but truthfully states, For something to be successful, there has to be a successor. And so no matter how wonderful a business may have done, and perhaps even for decades, if there's no one to succeed that, 
and to carry that on, and it just becomes a part of history, then we can't say that it was truly successful. And so last Friday night when you walked across that football field, you did far more than just receive a diploma. You became a successor. You made every teacher in the school system successful. You reminded them that their efforts were not in vain. The halls of learning have had their purpose underscored by every student that walked across that field and many other platforms and received their diploma. And so every journey needs a successor. The hope of a promised land was first given to Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 12 from where Abraham first received this word of a land that flows with milk and honey. Never before has anything been framed quite like that. So Abraham has nothing to weigh this against. He has nothing to give him an aha moment as to what God may even be referring to as to a land that flows with milk and honey. That seemed somewhat whimsical, perhaps, or at least there was room for that. He has been more accustomed to idolatry, as we talked about uh, just a, maybe even Sunday. He was accustomed to idolatry because his dad was not just an idol worshiper, but an idol maker. And so for the Lord to be using language like this was far beyond his scope of reason and way outside the realm of understanding for him. However, by faith, he just started walking. And I know I've had longer to think about this this afternoon than you have this evening. But I just pictured Abraham walking. In time, he just began to walk. Hebrews 11 confirms that. A man with no real direction, but he just walked. By faith, he began to walk. And it was a hope that was passed from Abraham from one generation to another, to another, to another. From Abraham to Isaac and then to Jacob and on and on and on, the lineage began to be passed down. Talk of this land that flows with milk and honey. In essence, a land of hope, a place of opportunity. Through many years and through many tears, not to mention 400 years of slavery, God raised up a deliverer by the name of Moses. Moses led the children of Israel out of Egypt and they were well on their way to that blessed land of hope. It was almost within sight. However, in a moment of frustration and weakness, Moses disqualified himself from taking them through the last miles of the journey. So now, now what? Now what will happen? It seems as though that the hope of this journey and everything that they had lived for every day has now come to a screeching halt. But the Lord understood a principle that in order for something to be successful, there has to be a successor. And so the Lord doesn't just fold up his plans and neatly tuck them away for another time, another day, but the Lord just simply chose someone else. Rather than let the promise of Genesis 12 simply die, he had another plan. And so that brings us to a very important portion of Scripture. And it's from this passage I want to leave my final thoughts for you this evening. I'm going to read several Scriptures from Joshua 1 and verses 1 through 9. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, and I, I'm speaking to you now, and I'm speaking to you. 
After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Here's a promise in verse 3 that sounds eerily similar to the same promise made to Abraham. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said to Moses. The promise just kept changing from generation to generation to generation. I will give you what I promised to Moses, and I gave Moses what I promised to Abraham. And so the promises to us today and to you, destiny, are just the same. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I, I have given to you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. And unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance of the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. In verse 7 now, we begin to find the string that is attached to all of these promises. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. It's then. There are some contingencies with God. By all means, there are prerequisites. God has always put man in a proactive position. Always. Ask, seek, knock. And so when we respond and desire, God always responds back. And so he says, and finally in verse number nine, he said, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And so I would say to you, Destiny, you have a very bright future. Amen. It is contingent upon these principles, but we all have that promise. You have a great sense of humor. Anybody connected to you on Facebook would know that. You have an award-winning smile, but most of all, you have the Holy Ghost. And that's what makes all the difference in the world. That doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you've always made right decisions or never made any bad decisions. You're human, and that's part and parcel of life. However, we always must remember the words of Micah when he stated, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. You see, stumbling just seems to be a part of life. It's unfortunate, but it's true. As a church family, 
we've all rejoiced around here when babies take their first steps. When they come back to church and they're walking on Wednesday when they weren't walking on Sunday or vice versa. And so we rejoice. We watch those steps, those sometimes brave steps and sometimes those guarded steps. But there's something that every adult knows when we see those children take their first steps. Every adult understands that with this newfound freedom, there comes skinned elbows and bruised knees. That's going to follow that accomplishment. It's just part of it. How many times adults, we've almost pulled our own muscles trying to prevent a fall. You see it coming. You try to stop it. It's just inevitable. Stumbling is a part of life. It is just part of life. But it's what we do with the stumbling moments that matter the most. You see, that's what life's all about. Not the stumbling necessarily, but the lessons that we learn by getting back up. Now I know where that hole is. Now I know where that weakness is. Now I know where I really need to work on in my life. I know what I really need to pray about. And so when you look at someone who seemingly has it all together, understand this. It's not that they haven't stumbled. It's just the valuable lessons that they learn in getting up. And so we look sometimes at other people and we think, man, they've just never had a bad day. But I'll promise you they have. It wasn't the stumbling. It was what they learned while they were there. They got up and brushed themselves off. Henry Haskins said, the man who is too old to learn was probably always too old to learn. (laughs) And so we have to always have room in our lives to learn, to be taught and have a teachable spirit. So as your pastor, I think I can speak for many this evening, if not everyone, and tell you that we want to see you succeed in life. And we want to see you reach for the goals that you have set for yourself academically, even if that were to change over the next few months or whatever. But in the process of your natural pursuits, if in the process of that you lose your passion for the Lord and set aside your calling, then nothing you achieve in life will ever amount to anything nearly worth that exchange. Nothing. There's an all-important message from the Lord as he speaks to Joshua about the journey ahead of him. And I'm just going to capsulize perhaps the scriptures that I read. It's a message that is fashioned by a common thread. And that common thread that the Lord said to Joshua was this, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And so you want to personalize that scripture. And to realize that just like the Lord was with Moses and Joshua, and we could insert some more contemporary names in here, but just like the Lord was with them, he will be with you. He said, be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses thy servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate therein night, day and night. And so here is the key. The scripture says, For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, 
and thou shalt have good success because you see there is bad success. I've talked to people who experience bad success and I'm not saying this to be convenient at a moment but I have talked to more than one person who said I would give all of this away if I could just have back the most important things that I lost along the way. If I could be back in right standing with God, if I could have my family back, if I could have my children and my marriage back, I would give all of this away. So there is, there is a, a creature out there that is bad success. And so the scripture underlined good success. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. And so I will conclude by saying this, go as high as you possibly can. Just make sure you take the Lord with you. He said, I would that you would be in prosper and be in good health. We quote that sometimes and stop there, but he said, even as thy soul prospers. So let the flesh man gain all that he can and will as long as you take the spirit man with you. But the day that you leave the spirit man behind to just feed the flesh of the, of the common man or the flesh man, then we are losing. You mentioned to me the other, I suppose this is all right about your interest in the medical field. And, and um, I want to just tell you this, that whatever profession you would choose, whatever you find yourself in life, I believe that God will plant you there and he will order your steps. That's what the scripture says. And so God will not set you there randomly, but he will set you there because he, he sees someone there that needs someone with the Holy Ghost as an example before them. And that's what we all are, as an example. And so I'm going to ask you today, if you will come, or this evening, to come down, and we're going to pray that the Lord will keep his hand on you as you continue your journey. And I know that you're not going off to some far distant land unless you change your mind since Sunday when we talked. And that you're certainly going to be still a part of of our lives, but we certainly want to pray for you as you continue your journey that God will keep his hand upon you because he already knows the end. That's the exciting part. He sees the end from where you stand today. So I'm going to ask you to stand if you will. I'm going to ask the ministers that are close here if you will come down and we're just going to pray for Destiny and her family would like to come. And we're just going to ask the Lord to keep his hand upon her, not just today and tomorrow, the next couple of weeks. We want the Lord to just have his hand upon her life and remember that somebody needs what you already know. One of the greatest regrets, I hope this is in order, but one of the greatest regrets that I have in my life was after I got married, uh, a friend that I went to school with, got, uh, he got killed in, a, in an automobile accident. The next time we visited here, I went to Daytown and I stood at the end of his grave and I asked myself some very serious questions. I asked myself, was I the example before him that he really needed? It was a really heart-searching moment. So I'm, I'm not trying to weave this into um, this service to be unethical or unkind. But I think that we all have those moments in our life that we really need to ask ourselves, have we been the light, the true light? And the good news is this, that in a world that is as dark as the world we're living in,
doesn't take much light to make a difference. And so I'm not telling you that you've got to be all of that. Just be what you are. Fear the Lord. And God will bless you. Amen. Let's pray with you. Would you do that? This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806, or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.